Uh, greetings and welcome to another episode of Reverend G's Words of Encouragement. I'm delighted that you decided to join me today. I got a quick word for you, then I'll be out of your way. So let's get to it. As always, I want to give you the topic right up front before I get started. And today's topic is don't forget to say thank you. So for my scripture reference for today, it is found in Philippians, the fourth chapter, verses six and seven. When you look there, you'll find these important words. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart, your mind in Christ Jesus. So for a quick little background, here's the background. The epistle to the Philippians, commonly referred to as Philippians, uh, is a Pauline epistle of the New Testament. This epistle is attributed to Paul the Apostle, and Timothy is named with him as a co-author or co-sender. The letter is addressed to the Corinthian church in Philippi. Paul, Timothy, Silas first built Philippi in Greece or Macedonia during Paul's second missionary journey from Antioch, which occurred between approximately 49 and 51 AD. In the account of his visit in the Acts of the Apostle, Paul and Silas are accused of disturbing the city. Let me say that again. They are accused of disturbing the city. Imagine that being accused of disturbing the city. My friends, I wonder what would accuse them of today if they stopped by any city or pick a city in America. I wonder what they would say. Anyway, I digress. Let me get back to the topic at hand. Since my subject today is about saying thank you, I think it's important that you know that I'm personally thankful for the small things in my life, like seeing another sunrise, or just the ability to have a nice hot cup of coffee. I'm thankful for walking through the mall with my wife or wrestling with my grandkids on the floor of our home. I'm thankful that you are taking a few minutes of your hectic and busy day to listen to my podcast. Thank you very much. It means a lot to me. My dear friends, I believe one of my many reasons I am thankful is because of what my mother drove into me when I was a child. And that was to always say thank you when people were kind to you. I mean, if you wanted to feel the wrath of mama's look gazing down into your very soul, let her see you not acknowledging thanks to someone for a deed they had done for you. Trust me, that was one experience I never wanted to repeat. That being said, in full transparency, one of my many shortcomings is there's one thing that really, 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 really annoys me to no end. And it's when people neglect to say thank you. You know, when you stand there and hold the door open just for them and they walk right through and never say thanks or acknowledge your presence. Or you may have a small child and you do something for them and they don't say thank you. Now brace yourself. Or when your spouse doesn't acknowledge a special meal you prepare for them and they don't even say thank you. While these may be small gestures, they come across as not being appreciative of what that person has done for you. So I don't know about you, but I am thankful to God every day. And I'm not ashamed to tell God, thank you for all he has done for me. For the food on the table, <clears throat> to the clothes on my back, from the paycheck in the bank account, to the car in the driveway. I am thankful for my family. I'm thankful for my friends. And yes, brace yourself again. I'm thankful for my enemies as well. So if you're still with me, let us now just spend a few minutes highlighting a few key points from the scripture I just read to you. 
The verse starts off by stating that the Lord is near. Please allow me for a few moments just to flow the way I want to flow. So if I go off script, please know that God has it all under control. For the author states that the Lord is near. Isn't this reassuring? I mean, there are times in life where we feel all alone and that no one cares or doesn't understand our circumstances or our situation. My friend, I want to remind each of you that the Lord is near. He is just around the corner when you think you're all alone. When you think you're on the hilltop by yourself, he is on the hilltop. When you think you're the only person in the room, he is in the room. When you're on the third floor, my friend, God is on the floor above you, watching over you. So, my friends, no matter where you are in life, God is always near. And when God is near, the enemy can't get to you. For the Bible states that if we draw close to God, he will certainly draw close to us. So I don't know about you, but I want to be close to God. For you see, some want to get close to people in power. Some want to get close to a social circle or a social group. Some want to be close to the trappings of this world. And yes, my friend, there are many trappings of this world. But I want to let you know that all these things and people will fail you. But God never fails. When I've been at my loneliest moment, God has been there with me. When I made some huge mistakes, and trust me, I made a lot of huge mistakes, he has never left me, and he loved me unconditionally, even in the midst of my great big old mistakes. The Lord is near. Can I get one amen? So if you're serving in a war zone overseas, I want you to know that God is with you. If you're on the steps of the courthouse facing a sentence of incarceration, I want to let you know that God is with you. If you're homeless with nowhere to lay your head, God is is with you. If you're laying on the operating table, not sure if you're going to wake up, God is with you. If you lost a loved one and you feel all is gone, I want to let you personally know, let you know that God is with you. For the Lord is near, and that brings me, that brings me reassurance and courage to fight on and see what the end is going to be. <clears throat> the next part of this text states, do not be anxious about anything. First, let's define what anxious means. Anxious is defined as an experiencing worry, unease, or nervousness, typically about forthcoming event or something with an uncertain outcome. In other words, you don't know what the heck is going to happen next. My friend, what are you anxious about today? Listen, I want you to know that for me, this is easy to preach, but hard to live through. Let me say it again. It may be easy for me to preach it to you, but it's certainly hard to live through. I mean, my anxiety creep in when I feel like things are not going the way I want them to or may not go in the direction I desire them to. My anxiety overwhelms me when I can't control or do not know the outcome of an event that I had in mind for a short or very long time. But my friend, I am reminded from the t this text that we should not be anxious about anything. Well, in my mind, anything is inclusive of everything, uh, from jobs, bills, health, relationship, kids, and grandkids, marriage, and the homes we live in. Don't be anxious about these things. Yes, it is tough to say I, I, I don't have anxieties when I'm facing a foreclosure, a divorce, or a repo of my car. Don't get me wrong. 
These are some tough issues in life, and of course, they will weigh heavy on your mind. But I leave you with what I know, and that's what the Bible says. Cast your cares upon him, for he cares for you. I think if God has it in his job jar, why am I trying to put it in mine? Which leads, leads me on to think, if I can't be anxious about these things, then what can I do? Well, my friend, that's a great question. I'm so glad that you asked it. Because Paul answers that question by stating, but in every situation by prayer and petition. Now, brace yourself. Instead of worrying about the issue or problem, let's start praying. Let me say that again. Instead of worrying about the issue or the problem or the challenge that's on the table, let's start praying. Shut the front door, and I'm going to get my gummy bears, and I'm done for the day if you heard me out. Yes, I can tell you. Personally, in all the years that I have fretted over things, fretting has never, ever changed one of those things. However, conversely, I can personally tell you that in all the years I've been praying, it has changed everything in my life. Prayer has opened doors that I didn't even know existed. Prayer has healed my body and my mind. Prayer has brought my marriage back from the brink of disaster. Prayer works for my friends. Let me drift back in time for a few minutes. When I was growing up, I was taught that there was, certain way, there was a certain way you had to pray. And there were certain words you had to say, which made it a struggle for me later in life because I didn't quite understand all of those things. However, what I've come to learn over many struggles is that prayer is a personal communication between me and God. So I need to say it the way I feel it. It is not about the quality of word. It's not about the length of time. It's really about you and I pouring our hearts out to God who already knows what we need before we even know ourselves. So pray about everything. I think sometimes we reserve prayer for the big things in life. But let me remind you the little things become big things later on. There's nothing too big or little for God to handle. Of course, this next past thought is where I developed the topic for today's discussion, where it says, Thanksgiving, present your request to God. It has been my experience that all too often we start off our prayers by asking God for something, which of course is okay, don't get me wrong. However, imagine if we start off with a spirit of Thanksgiving. Allow me to give you my experience as a father to highlight the importance of starting off with Thanksgiving before asking a request. When my children were little tots, I could I could tell when they wanted something because they would come up to me and thank me for being the world world's greatest dad or hand me a note written in crayon saying how much they loved me and appreciated me. Yes, I knew they wanted something and I would give it to them even without the accolades. But when they did this, I often went above and beyond what they were asking for in the first place. Isn't this much like our Father in Heaven? When we approach him with a spirit of gratitude, he will give us more than we can ask for. So don't forget to say thank you. Maybe you owe thanks to your co-worker that helped you endure a difficult job transition. Maybe you owe thanks to a medical staff member at the hospital you are currently located at because they have provided you with great courteous professional care despite the situation. Or maybe it's thanks to all the family and friends that have not given up on you despite the drama you put them through. Well, what I'm trying to say in a roundabout manner is no matter how difficult life may be, there's always something to be thankful for in life. So please, don't forget to say thank you. 
years ago, I was struggling with 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 God and what was what was God wanting to do in my life and what He wanted me to do next. Then one day the church, then one day the church I was a member of brought in a guest speaker for this particular Sunday. While I don't remember his name or the topic of his sermon, one point that he made has stuck with me over all these years. He made this this statement: "Lord, give me peace until I get an understanding." Boom, mind blowing. Those words gave me a new perspective about the uncertainty of the unknown, and that the Lord just give me peace until I get an understanding. Maybe the preacher was using this verse to illustrate the point, but I don't know. Please don't quote me on that. Anyway, I believe that this is where you and I need to operate in this Christian journey because there will be lots of things you don't understand. But take confidence in knowing that God will give you peace that will transcend all understanding. Transcend in its simplistic terms means beyond limits and or range. In other words, God's peace will go beyond our limited mind and the way we think. For the Bible says his thoughts are not as our thoughts. So if you're struggling with the question people ask you and you don't know the answer, you're not alone. But trust God will give you peace in this circumstance. Or maybe you're struggling with your role in the church or attending the church. I want to encourage you to go to God in prayer and trust that he will provide you an answer or a direction for you to travel to do his will. So my friends, just don't give up on doing well. Keep fighting the good fight of faith like a good soldier. For in this world of turmoil, we need peace. Peace allows me to go to bed knowing that everything will be all right when I trust in God. Notice, my friend, I didn't say everything will be easy, or nor did I say everything will turn out the way you want it to turn out. But everything will work out according to God's plan when you are struggling with the plan. I want you to ask God to give you peace until you get an understanding. Now, here's where I do a rewind with you as a listen to this sermon. For while I started off with the sixth verse, I intentionally didn't start with the fourth verse because I wanted to enter the sermon on this note. So let us back up for a moment. For verse in verse four, you'll find these wonderful and powerful words. In verse four, you'll find these powerful and wonderful words. Rejoice in the Lord. I will say it again. Rejoice. Here's where I believe we fall short, and that is the rejoicing part. We tend to rejoice when it seems we've gotten what we wanted or will get what we've been asking for from the Lord. While this is not necessarily wrong direction, that's the text says, but we should rejoice in the Lord always. When I'm fired, I will rejoice. Let me back it up. When I'm fired, unjustly rejoice. So please, do your job. Anyway, uh, back to always. Reju- rejoice when I lose the contract of the sale. Rejoice when you lose the championship by a landslide. Rejoice when people criticize you and call you everything but a child of God. Always rejoicing because we know in the end, we win. For this very present trouble is not to be compared to the joy that is before us in Christ Jesus. Rejoice when you don't feel like rejoicing. Rejoice when you don't understand what you're going through. Rejoice knowing that God has your best interests at hand and that he will never leave you nor will he forsake you. For you you see, our rejoicing is not based on our circumstances. Rejoice is knowing that if I suffer, I won't I want to suffer for the sake of the gospel. Yes, my friend, this is where we all need more work on rejoicing, more classes on rejoicing, 
more sermons on rejoicing, more lectures on rejoicing, more social media posting on rejoicing in the power of the Lord. And again, I say uh, rejoice. Remember, until God opens the door, praise him in the hallway. Can a brother get one amen? Well, it looks like my time is winding down. But before I go, it's always important for me to extend an invitation to you. That invitation is for you to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. So if you listen to me today and do not know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, you can make that decision right now to say yes, Lord, to your will and yes to your way. And say, Lord, forgive me of my sins and help me serve you. Yes, my friends, it's just that easy to take the first step of your Christian journey. Well, my time is out. And as always, I am delighted that you decided to join me today. I hope to see you at my next episode. My name is Reverend G, and I'm out. Peace.